The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dallin Garcia. My special guest is Brent Chaney from the Locked On Astros Podcast. Brett, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. That was a pretty live intro there. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you get kind of bored during the whole COVID thing. You got to throw a couple of things together just to pass the time. And that's kind of that's kind of how it works. Um, you know, obviously, we are previewing the AL West. Last week, we talked a little bit Oakland A's. This week, obviously, we have you on to talk about the Houston Astros. So let's get to it. Obviously, um, Astros, the season probably didn't go as well as they wanted to, but they did turn it on in the in the postseason. Um losing to in the ALCS and in a game seven to the Rays. Um, what, in your opinion, was the difference? Was there something that just wasn't clicking in the, uh, in the regular season that they were able to fix in the postseason? You know, it was, it was odd. I think the regular season, you had a lot of younger guys, guys that should have not been above double a pitching. Um, you, you know, you just had this weird dichotomy of, Things just weren't really going great. Like they would hit, then their pitching would fall apart. Or in the beginning, their pitching was great and their hitting wasn't there. And so we were the benefactors of the um, expanded playoffs. Right. And us, us, the Brewers both made it under 500. But I think once we got to the postseason, because of our track record in recent years, going back to 2015, um, we have post. I mean, you got to remember in 2015, we were we were one game away from taking the Royals out and going to the ALCS and, you know, in 2015. And so this team has got a lot of veterans and we still had Springer. And so right. those guys knew, and when everybody counts you out, um, that's a, that's a perfect setup for Houston because when our backs are against the wall, we fight like dogs and we're, we're blue collar and um, I know we have the stand of 2017 that will stay with us for a long time, but we like to feel like we earn everything we get. And that's just kind of the easy way. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about too, you know, going into 2020 season, obviously in the original spring training, there was a lot of talk about um, how the fans were going to react when they get to these different ballparks and, and stuff like that. Did you see it as a benefit? The fact that there wasn't any fans in, in the ballpark and the players didn't necessarily have to worry about, what they're hearing or what they're seeing, they can just focus on uh, the task at hand. Yeah. I think that was a huge benefit for them. I, I think they really, I think that actually kind of upset opposing fan bases. Yeah. more. <laughs> and they, it, it wasn't like, Hey, we can't go to the baseball games. We're like, dang it. We were going to go just like, let them have it. We were going to go, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, and, and here's the thing I did. I've, 
I've never been anyone that has defended what they did because cheating is cheating is wrong is wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think the Astros invented the cheating scandal. I don't think they invented um, doing things kind of little sly under the radar. I think the Astros did something that they assumed other people were doing. So they were trying to stay out of the curve. That doesn't make it right. But to get back to your original right. point, yes, it was a blessing for our team to not have that. Um, you know, we saw, we thought Al Sube was dealing with issues in the playoffs in the season because maybe he was bothered by all the accusations. But we just recently found out he was dealing with a personal loss that he didn't even tell the team about. And so he had some issues there mentally that he was working through. I think it helped them. Um, Bregman, Correa, all those guys take things very personally because they put a lot of hard work into the craft. Yeah, you know, and that was one of the things too. Um, you, you kind of mentioned it going into the season, you're hearing stories about, you know, even, you know, obviously Dodger, where we are located in Southern California, you had to think about the Dodger fans going to Anaheim just for because it was supposed to be opening day mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now, obviously, going into 2021, has, you know, in your, in your eyes, has that died down at all? Or do you think this is something the players kind of have to rev up and kind of get ready for now that more and more stadiums are, are opening back up? Well, I think we are going to have to deal with it. And I think it's something that the Houston Astros are going to expect. But what you have to realize is there's fewer and fewer guys on this team that were on that right. 2017 team. So if you're an opposing fan and you want to come and yell at your Don about banging a trash can, he's not even going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> because in 2017, I mean, you should be mad at the Dodgers for trading your Don Alvarez for um, what was it? Um, Josh, who, gosh, what was his name? The relief pitcher, long hair, short guy. I can't remember his name mm-hmm. right now, but um, like, Jordan Alvarez was like not even playing major league baseball at the time. A lot of these guys now, these guys come up. So those players, I don't think it will affect as much. And I don't think it will have as big an effect on Bregman, on Correa. Um, you know, Correa, I mean, you see what, what he yeah. does. When he gets bucked up against, he doesn't back down. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. But that's kind of been his reputation over the years is that's kind of the, okay, come on, bring it on kind of personality with um, stuff like that. So you kind of mentioned it a little bit about the, the the people that are not there anymore. And so this is a kind of the, some of the major transactions that happened this, this off season for you guys, obviously the big loss was, was George Springer to Toronto. What are their ideas about how they're going to fill that spot and, and, and kind of replace his, because honestly, what some of his tremendous uh, um, numbers that he put up with, with Houston. Yeah, you definitely cannot replace him. You have to almost go back to the Moneyball. Like when you, I I remember the scene in Moneyball when when Brett is playing Billy Bean and he's like, you know, we have to replace Johnny Damon, you know, Jason Giambi, but we can't replace him. So we're gonna have to play find three players to give the production to this one guy. They're not necessarily. Trips that far because you got Kyle Tucker because thankfully we signed Michael Brantley. Um, here's the thing. Miles Straw is going to be our center fielder going into opening day. Miles Straw is the fastest man in the major league. He's going to do everything he can to make a viable um, center field option. Is he going to replace Springer's bat? Definitely not. But you have Jordan Alvarez back healthy. And hopefully they're going to handle him with kids' gloves. I would be surprised if he played more than 10 games in the field in the beginning, in, in the first half of the season. 
double knee surgery, 22, you, you want to make him your DH. I don't want to make him big poppy right now. Like, just <laughs> let him swing the bat. Now, we have a kid. We have a kid that I don't think will impact this roster this year. But Pedro Leon is the real deal. Um, he is in camp. He had some visa issues coming in. But he's here, and I'm hoping they get to see him play. We got Jeremy Pena, who is going to be chomping at the bit. And so, you know, we, we lost Reddick. We lost Springer. Um, you got Brantley back. You have Kyle Tucker and Miles Straw. And you, you got guys like Chaz McCormick. Steve Sosa Jr. hit the first home run of the preseason today. I'm here for the Houston Astros, and he's trying to make make it back. You know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. But Steven Souza Jr. could be a sleeper for a fourth mm-hmm. outfielder that could make a good impact. And so, you know, obviously, Roberto Ozuna, people have their own personal thoughts about him as a person, and, and, and that's their kind of prerogative. Um, but you can't deny what he was able to do on the field in that closing spot. Um, are they able to be able to fill someone in behind, or, you know, to replace him? Or is it kind of be the same thing where it might be closer by committee at first until someone might, might have, like, the hot hand? So we believe it's going to end up being closer by committee. Um, you know, you see Pedro Baez, um, Ryan Stanek came in, Steven Ciszek, who got shelled today, gave up three solo home runs. He actually made the comment. He goes, I could have given up a home run to my daughter in Wolf football today. I, I, hit, <laughs> I, I hit so bad. But um, right now, as fans, James Click would tell you, the Astros GM, that, that Ryan Presley is your closer. And right, he he think and Ryan Presley's even said, "I'm healthier this year than I've ever been. I feel better than I've ever felt." And I haven't been a big advocate of Ryan Presley becoming the closer. You got guys like Anoli Paredes; he's so young. I don't want to pigeonhole him as the closer. But now you have Stanek who play, who throws 103 miles an hour, possibly. Um, I mean, Ciszek has the most saves in his major league career of anybody on this roster. So if he, he can be a force. You've got Ciszek, you've got Stanek, you've got Paredes, and you've got Presley. And it may be closer by committee, but initially the thought is Ryan Presley is your closer because they didn't get they didn't get Rosenthal. And I think right. that's why the I think that's why Oakland overpaid for him. Um Oakland paid a lot of money for one season for him, but I think that was to keep him out of Houston. So obviously you see the Michael Brantley resigned. Um, that seemed like it was kind of touch and go for a while because I believe there was reports almost almost right after George Springer um, announced him, himself siding to with Toronto that I think he was also going to go to Toronto Brantley. Um, how devastating would that have been if he did, if, even if it wasn't Toronto, but just left uh, Houston in general? I mean, that would have been a massive blow because of his 300-plus batting average, his ability to contact hit to all parts of the field, um, his occasional pop that he shows, just his leadership. I mean, you you don't replace two guys like that. I mean, especially with Justin Verlander being out, um, right. you know, recovering from Tommy John. We we um, interviewed Lance McCullers Jr. on our podcast last night. Um, I would encourage people to go check that out. And he said he was really pissed when he, he said he knew he knew Springer was leaving. He he was happy and sad at the same time. He was happy for Springer and his family, but he was sad that he was gone. He goes, and then I was, dude, I was pissed. I was like, this is a <laughs> shitty day. Because we lost Brantley and Springer the same day. But I can't handle this anymore. And then when he found out he was coming back, he said it was like, yes, you know. And 
So I think the club, I think the clubhouse morale would have been down if both of those guys would have exited. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit, and that was um, Justin Verlander, Tommy John surgery, um, injured at the end of last season, if I remember correctly. Yes. What is his timetable? Is he planning to pitch at some point this season, or is it kind of uh, – because I believe his contract's up at the end of this year as well. Has he probably pitched his last you know, uh, game as an Astro? He, he, he may have. Um, now, he said that he if he can come back um, late in the season – um, for a postseason run, you know, last time he came to Houston. I mean, when he came to Houston, it was in the late part of the year, yeah, and that's, that's when great. we made the 2017 run. And so I said, "Hey, 2021 World Series confirmed if Justin Verlander <laughs> gets here, gets here for for the playoffs." Um, and I think Justin Verlander, you're going to, you know, he is he is 37. Um, he is older. So it all depends on how his arm and how his body reacts. Because like Lance McCuller just said, coming back from Tommy John, he said, you, you have to, you have to like relearn how to throw. Yeah. And he said, that's why some guys when they come back, they come back better because you get to actually perfect the pitches you struggled with. So I guess I don't know if he comes back, it won't be till late September or October. So, you know, it, it kind of mentioned that Tommy John, like we've heard from from pitchers uh, from the Angels, too. It's like that mental part of it. And Verlander's, a, a, you know, a veteran, obviously, like you mentioned, 30, 37 years old. So that might not be a, a, as big of a part to him. But you obviously have to think of the, you know, you got to know that when you throw this next fastball, your arm's not going to completely blow out again. You're going to have to kind of build that confidence up. Um, you know, he's not the only big name off the books or a potentially off the books for the Astros next season. Um, Correa, obviously, is probably like the biggest name, I would think, uh, for you guys. How are the contract talks going? How are, you know, are they giving any kind of hints to one way or the other how they wanted to get this thing thing done? So James Click has kind of sent mixed signals. You've got to think about this first. He came from Tampa. What does Tampa do? Yeah, they piece they, together talent, right? They don't, they're not, value. they're both. Yeah, they're bargain shoppers. They're they're looking on the Facebook marketplace for the latest talent, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and and so and so at the end of the day, James Click said we we want to have enough dry powder. In other words, liquid assets. I had to look that up. I didn't know what dry powder. Was. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually an investment term. And Carlos Correa has explicitly said, "I want this done before April first, or I'm not talking until the end of the season." Like, I'm not even going to talk mid-season. So I think it is on – it is of utmost priority. Now, Carlos Correa's big linchpin is his injuries and his injury history, and that's what's going to hold him back. But I think Carlos Correa, especially after what he did in the playoffs this last year, is a guy that you want to see here, especially on the heels of losing Springer. You don't want to lose Springer in 2021 and then lose Correa in 2022. And that's a great way to lose a fan base. Correa has become kind of the athlete in Houston where Altuve was there, Harden, he's gone. Watson, right. he's probably out of here. I mean, we've got we've got athletes mass exiting left and right. Carlos <laughs> Correa embodies that attitude that we feel, that we take it personally. Like, if you don't know this – if you don't know the facts, shut the F up, kind of, right. you know, and, and, and we like, dude, let me tell you, a year ago, a year and a half ago, 
trade Correa. He's trash. He's no good. Like people <laughs> because of his injuries and they just were. And, but you know, I think all fan bases do that, right? We're all, oh, kind yeah. of, we're all kind of fickle in our own way, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And then to kind of talking about, you know, the fan base and you obviously being a fan yourself, some of these contracts, you kind of have to think, okay, what's a good value and what's kind of overpaying or is Correa because he is everything you said, he embodies the city. He is that, homegrown talent that you know obviously grew up through the yeah. system are you the type that's like give him whatever he wants as long as he stays here or are you kind of the, you know you know everything within reason like we can't back up the bank or back up the truck for this guy because we got to worry about x y and z or, or how do you feel as a, as a fan as a fan i think you can offer him a seven-year deal around around 208 million give him about 25 to 27 million um, I think if he had been healthy all these years, especially after his rookie campaign, you could easily yeah. justify paying him 30, 30 plus. But I don't think he gets more than 27. Um, he probably gets offered between 22 and 25. And um, I hope the Astros don't insult him um, by whatever they offer. And James Click did say this the other day. It was kind of a coded, I don't know if it's a coded message. He was like, well, you know, JT Real Muto went on the free agent market and he ended up back with the Phillies. And oh. I'm like, no, I'm like, that's, that's not how we want to think about things. <laughs> yeah. But, but here's the thing. Carlos Correa though is so polarizing. I don't know that he's gonna, I mean, he's, he's talented, right? It's all about the bottom line. Like who else would really want Carlos Correa? Like Carlos Correa fits in Houston and nowhere else. So I say pay the guy. Yeah, and I think what helps, too, for him staying in Houston is you look at that shortstop class of free agents next year. You have, obviously, Correa, uh, Lindor. If he doesn't get a job, uh, an extension from the Mets, you got Seager from L.A. You got, I believe, Story from Colorado. So, you know, he you, it might be something, like you said, give him a respectable kind of contract offer, and he might be able to see, like, there's a lot of competition out there. This might be the best thing. I can I can get because of my injury pass and like stuff that you mentioned. So that'd be something definitely uh, to check out or kind of keep an eye on as the season goes by. Yeah, and if I can add one caveat to that, what the Astros do have in their favor if they don't sign Correa is we have these we have this guy named Jeremy Pena. Okay, have you heard of him? He's pretty darn good. This kid <laughs> is an absolute stud. We got Freitas Nova on the heels um, of the major leagues here in a year or two at second base, but Jimmy Pena tore up the winter ball league. Um, you know, he was lead off hitting where he had guys on his team like Nelson Cruz and stuff like that. Um, he actually won the game today. He's got a zero batting average in <laughs> spring training, but he won with the sacrifice fly to uh, give the Astros a lead the ninth inning where they beat the Nationals seven to six. So if he doesn't, which I would hate to see Correa leave, we've got Jeremy Pena. And if Jerry Pena comes up and Carlos is still here, I say put him in center field. And if we don't have Pedro Leon, I mean, we've got to find places for these guys. Or first base, right. I don't care, you know, because I don't know where Gurriel is going to be after this year. So so now kind of moving forward even more so to the, the 2021 season, what, in your opinion, are some of the strengths of the Astros and what are some of the weaknesses of the Astros? Definitely, I think the strengths is going to be their offense. I think they are – I think they're picked to be like top five and like offensive war, um, that definitely is a strength. Of course, health is a big part of that. Um, right now, Bregman's dealing with a tweaked hamstring that he that he tweaked right before spring training. He dealt with that last year a little bit. Um, Jordan Alvarez with his knees, you got to see if he can make it through a full season. So, but 
I don't think that's necessarily a weakness. I think our weakness is in our bullpen, not not in our bullpen's um, ability to perform, but ability to perform a full season. Um, you know, Jose Arquiti's gone out as a starter and said, I want to do 200 plus innings. Well, he's never pitched more than 154 <laughs> innings, I think. And so these guys are ambitious. I think our weakness right now in the, at the major league level is probably with our pitching, our lack of depth in the starting end, and just unknowns and how these guys are going to be stretched out over a full season in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, every team has their, their I guess, can be like the uh, injury can be the weakness point. So that's a good point. That's kind of everybody's weakness. If you know, if any any team, especially it seems like in this AOS where obviously you guys and Oakland were really competitive last year, if you know, if one or the other team yeah. gets a key injury, it can change everything around. Um, your farm system, you mentioned some names already, but as a whole, how do you feel your farm system is right now as, as we talk? Our farm system is not great. Our farm system is probably bottom 50% of the league. Um, we're, you know, where we are touted as one of the best systems in the league for, for several years and why we got to where we are today. Um, it's, it's been depleted by trades. Um, it's been, it was, we, we emptied the hen house last year in 2020 because we had to. Um, but we've got new talent, Cuban talent, Dominican talent um, that we've signed. And the Astros just have this system where we may have limited resources, but the resources we have that are close to the major leagues um, and actually two seasons away, we've got a few guys to watch out for Corey Lee, Hunter Brown. Um, and, you know, Forrest Whitley, um, I'll talk about him in your next point, but we've got some kids, we've got some studs that has a bright, that have a bright future. We just don't have a bunch of auxiliary talent, you know, like a bunch of stuff in the coffers. We have right. our, our pieces, but it's not a stacked piece right now. Right. Yeah. It seems kind of like almost like a little bit like top heavy. Like you have some guys there about ready to get. And obviously my next thing, like you mentioned player that can make a debut this season, Forrest Whitley is the guy like right there, right about to make the, make a, you know, break into the, into the uh, major leagues. Um, but so, so let's talk about him for a while. You know, you heard that name for a while. You've seen him. I've seen him down at the Arizona fall league, a couple uh, last time they had a couple seasons ago. Like I said, uh, first round pick by the Astros is he the top guy coming out this season you believe that can make a, a serious impact on on the Astros yeah I think he's the guy that's the closest because of his experience um and I think it was interesting last year that it was either Brent Strom maybe it was Dustin Baker that said heavy is the head that was the crown and mm-hmm. he said that this kid has had so much pressure on him. I mean, think about it. You're coming up, and I mean, I'm even a baseball card collector. And I mean, I remember when his cards first hit, everybody was like, I got to get Force Whitley. I got to get Force yeah. Whitley. I don't hear anybody talk about Force Whitley cards anymore as much. Like they're, they've, they've gone down in value. Why? Because he hasn't produced. He had the little um, PED hit, which I think was actually wasn't It wasn't steroids. Um, then he's had the issues with his arm, with his delivery. So, but he's saying coming in, he feels better than he's ever felt. And I think this is the, like Forrest Whitley proves himself. He either becomes Forrest Whitley and becomes what we thought he was going to be, or he becomes your kind of quadruple A player where he doesn't ever really perform to that level that he was expecting. So, um, and he seems like a good kid where he really cares about um, getting out there. And I mean, who wouldn't want to like, I mean, who wants to barely make it right? Who wants to right, almost exactly. Make it? 
So Force Whitley is my pick to make his debut this season and make a make a solid impact. So like you mentioned, we just started spring training. I mean, the second games were today as we record. Um, going into spring training, what is a position battle that you're really interested to see how it play out? Position battle that I'm interested to see play out is probably going to have to be, I mean, obviously outfield and who makes our bullpen. Um, where, you know, you've got your guys, Stanek, Ciszek. I mean, you've got Joe Smith back, which is phenomenal to have him back. Um you know, Belak struggled today. Um, there are some guys that they signed. I can't remember all their names. We had a couple guys um, that that each had two strikeouts in their frame. Um, you know, we we've got this Jose Siri guy. Um, I you know I think the real position battles is going to be for that fourth outfield spot. Um, I don't know if anybody's really battling. Um, Miles Straw, um, Kyle Tucker, for the first time in his career, isn't having to battle for his position. Reddick's not there anymore. Michael Brantley, you know, cemented there. First, second, third, shortstop are all are all cleaned right up. There. Yeah. And then, so I really think it's that fourth outfielder spot. I mean, who knows? There might be a dark horse to come in um, and take over Miles Straw, but I really doubt it. I mean, he's passed down the major league, so I, I think he's, he, he deserves a shot. He only has 199 at bats in his major league career. He only plays every one every four days, so he needs more consistency at play to prove himself. So, and then obviously, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like asking people what do you think your team's going to do this year because of the fact, like we were talking earlier, injuries can play a part. You can have a 98 win team on paper, but then two injuries happen, three injuries happen, and now you're at like 81 and you're at 500. So, what I like to ask is, whoever wins the AL West, what do you think their record will be? I think I think the winner of the AL West will be between nine five and seven games easily. Um, I think um, I think we have two teams in our division, um, the Rangers and the Mariners. They don't really do much for me. I think the Mariners do more for me just because they got you know Kyle Lewis. They've got they've got a lot of kids over there with a lot of heart. Yeah. You know Seattle's Seattle's building something over there. They're they're not to be scoffed at. Um, you know you guys. Um, I think I think you guys in Oakland are going to be battling for for that for that for that wild card spot. Um, I just um, I think I think first place will have 597 wins. I think second place will have right around 88 89 wins. Um, I think whoever wins the division will win it by you know four or five games um, total. But you know that's my pick. That's that's what I think it'll take. Yeah, I mean, that seems about right from what I'm asking, that kind of 90. Um, I had Mark, Martin Gallegos, the A's beat writer on it. He said uh, 93, 95, somewhere around there. So it looks okay. like a lot of people are, are in that in that area. So, Brett, I want to thank you again. And I want to give you a chance to um, go ahead and plug your, like I said, Locked On, uh, Locked on Astros and anything else, your, your social media. So when the Astros come to town or the Angels go to Houston and they want to kind of uh, get a quick recap of how the team's doing, you know, uh, how they check you out. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at H town wheelhouse. You can find the show at locked on Astros. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also, I also run a Facebook page called, called um, Stros four one one always positive, always Stros. We got about 32,000 followers. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we literally keep up with the Astros every single day. Um, locked on we we just we do a great job hey they even have a locked on angels um yeah. podcast so you know locked on's a massive network we just got purchased at Tegna media 
Um, we just appeared in, actually in about four minutes. My our, our spot goes live <laughs> on CBS 19 in Tyler, Texas, um, previewing the Houston Astros for 2021. So we've had some great opportunities. We also have a YouTube channel you can you can subscribe to. Um, you know, we we welcome all fans. And hey, if I could just tell you real quick, I actually went to um, is it is it called Edison Field? What is the field called now? Oh, Angel Stadium. It's just just Angel Stadium. Edison International uh, Stadium was, I think they got rid of the name in the, uh, I want to say like mid-2000s. Okay. Okay. So whenever they redid the ballpark, when they put the mountains Mm -hmm. and everything in the outfield. Right. The the um, Yes, it was, it was, it was, it was a down year for the Angels. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were like, hey, we were in town. The Angels were playing. They were playing the Rays and Billy Hatcher, former Astro, was, the first base coach. And I think Mo Vaughn was playing for the Rays. Um, I was like, well, I didn't know how to get tickets. Well, I'm not even lying. We bought we bought fifth row tickets behind the Rays dugout for eight bucks from a homeless guy. I'm not even lying. <laughs> like, this dude was like, you want tickets? And I'm like, are they real? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how much? Yeah. He goes, he goes, oh, see, he's like, I just give me 16 bucks. And I'm like, oh, here's 20. Don't worry about the change. So we get in there and sit down and the people are like, hey, how'd you get those seats? I'm like, I know some homeless guy sold them to us. She goes, how much? I was like, I gave him 20 bucks. She goes like, oh, I told him to sell them for hire so he can get something to eat. And <laughs> she goes, we just gave them to him. So we went in there and, you know, we did the whole, like, I, I act like a complete moron. I did like the whole angels in the, the outfield thing. thing. And <laughs> people were, people were looking at me like I was a complete, like, like I was the crackhead. Um, so, <laughs> but um, I had a great experience, man. Dude, I love that part of California. Um, if, if y'all are ever in town, um, hit me up on Twitter. If y'all are ever at a game, let me know. Um, I love to entertain people. Um, maybe we can get you a brew from Carbach or something like that. Get you some cool Stroh's beer going. Yeah, I you know I've always wanted to, especially now that the new stadium in, in Arlington, you know, kind of do at Texas, like you know, make it kind of almost because you know a lot of time when the Astros play at Houston for a stretch, like the next series is a lot of times in Arlington, so you can just literally go for like that Sunday game at one stadium and then mm-hmm. travel with like literally drive with the team to the, to the next stadium. So that's always something probably on, on my, on my uh, baseball bucket list for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, um, we'll definitely hit you up if we ever make it out there. I know, you know, how are you guys doing? I know, I mean, are you guys able to move around a lot? I know there's, there's been lockdowns here and there. Yeah, How's that going? It's getting better. It's getting, but slowly getting better. Um, you know, from people that I've talked to, it, it looks like, you know, they're selling opening day tickets, you know, and, and the and their the pods kind of deal. Right. I, I don't see opening day necessarily, but I can definitely see a, a, um you know June, July where people at some capacity are coming back into the stadiums, you know. So um it's Very slowly cool. working its way there and, and with a lot of the local counties surrounding Orange County with their numbers dropping, um it seems like uh, it's getting a lot better and op- more and more stuff is kind of opening up. That's awesome. And I just want to say, man, mad props to you guys for, man, I love Mike Trout. That that guy is, <laughs> that guy is so fun to watch. I mean, if he ever wants to become an Astro, I would yeah. not be heartbroken. <laughs> I think I think a lot of teams say that also. If he just wants to work, that's why, you know, going into that free agent year or his last contract year, everyone was thinking like, oh, because he, like you said, he can pick wherever he wanted to go. No one's going to, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll make gone. room for him. Yeah, we'll make room right. for him. No big deal. And so when that news happened, you know, and as Angel fans, you're always kind of wondering when it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And then literally it happened one morning towards the end of spring training. And it was just like, 
oh my god like the the, the clouds opened up and there's a ray of sunshine coming down and it was just like the happiest day as angel fans and then you hear about the length of the contract you're like oh he's not going anywhere for a while so that even you know obviously that made it you know, 10 times better so so if i can ask you one yeah. question um why like what is what is the like you guys have all these hitters like what is the deal with the front office not like your your pitching has always been everyone's like, well they got mike trout but they don't have pitching right right like like as a fan base is that like a constant frustration for y'all um yeah i know you've had some guys that you've signed and they've dealt with injuries like richards yeah. and all those guys but i don't know what's that what's the feeling i, I think a lot of it um kind of goes back you know, even to like the Depoto, you know, era, which was what, like five, six years ago, where he was the type of guy that would trade a lot of talent out of the farm system to get like a Zach Granke that we had for half a season. And then we couldn't resign him. So when it came to like developing its own young talent, we just never had any young talent work up its way through system, pitching wise, at least, you know. Um, but we had like a Garrett Richards, we had a Tyler Skaggs, um, guys that were a lot of potential, but just for whatever reason here and there didn't work out. Um, then you look at like kind of the free agency market. Obviously, they took a big run at Garrett Cole last year. Um, but I mean, the contract yeah. he got from New York and just kind of the reports coming out like, oh, he always wanted to play for New York. I, I, you know, I think the Angels tried. I just think it was like he had his mind made up. And when that number hit at New York, he was like, yeah, I sorry, everyone else. I'm going there. Um, you know, and, and then having the crossover with GMs this season, I think it's kind of one of those things where Perry, um, the GM now, is going to be like, let me kind of not clean house, but you look at the contracts on the books for at the end of this year, literally all you're going to have is Upton um, for one more year, Trout and Rendon, and mm. everyone else is off the books. So I think that's kind of where they're setting up for is next season, trying to spend more money. I didn't think they wanted to spend a ton of money this year because, again, you're going to have all that money come off the books at the end of this year. So um, I think lack of development, just not having the the young prospects for a while now, hurt them and then the when you did get a kind of a promising guy um obviously garrett richards and his injury because with that i mean if people remember that year where he was in um he was actually dealing he was in the top three like of cy young guys for like the majority of the season he ends up um blowing out a knee um in boston and he just kind of never was the same uh, but yeah i just think honestly it's just just you know not able to pull the trigger on some of these older veteran big money kind of pitchers and we'll see how garrett cole kind of pans out but i think for the most part They've been wise not to do that, but it's just they just have not developed. I think it's more into development process where they haven't developed young arms where you can get like a Forrest Whitley and he can come up or, or, or something like that. Right. So um, I think as soon as they start getting that kind of production, and there's some guys there that can can make some noise uh, maybe next year, um, then it can be a whole different story. But, yeah, I think it's mostly just lack of development for young guys. I hear you. Y'all just need more Joe Adele's, right? Yeah, exactly. Get some more of those young talent. And he, even him, he's a he's a high ceiling uh, kind of guy, but super raw coming out of high school. And and eventually, you know, if he can if he can come out and, and play like people think, he, he's going to be a, you know a multi guy, a multi uh, time All Star. Like I don't I don't think it's fair for him. People are trying to compare him to the next Trout. I'm like, you can't do that to a kid. Yeah, you know, no, if he gets yeah. if he gets you know five six All Star appearances in, in his career, that's a great career. He might never win an MVP, but if he can do that, that's still a, a really good MLB career. Exactly. All right, Brett. Thank you again for 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 taking some time out. Again, locked on Astros. Um, when now that the season's kind of normal, the uh, Astros and the Angels will be playing quite a bit, and so thank you very much for sure. uh, step uh, jumping on the All Angels podcast. Definitely. Thank you. And um, anytime you need me, let me know. Hit me up. I'd be glad to talk baseball. 
I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go if you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. And with eBay's guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With the other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what? More sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB baseball. BetOnline covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And I want to thank Brett again for jumping on and talking a little bit of Houston Astros. Obviously, you know, the Astros are still going to have that little bit of the, the tarnish, if you will, from the World Series and, um, uh, you know, a few years back. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how they are this year without Verlander. And like he said, um, Verlander could very easily have pitched his last pitch in the Houston Astros uh, uniform. Obviously, they have Granky, but behind them, I think it's a lot of question marks. But uh, again, Thank you to the Locked On Astros guys. Check it out. Again, you know, I always like looking up the, at the other team, especially when I know there's a series coming in. You know, Astros are coming into Anaheim for four games. I kind of like to look at what their most recent history has been. Are they coming in on a hot streak? Are they coming in um, injured? Are they coming in fully healthy? Kind of all that stuff. And podcasts like that, the Locked On Astros podcast, are, are really good for that reason because of their daily and they are able to kind of get you uh, the information you need coming up for that next day fairly quickly. So obviously um, thank Brett again. Now, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably, or hopefully you follow us on, on Halo, Halo Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. And so you have undoubtedly probably seen um, the news of the former, I, dude, I don't even know that. I can't even say that. Not even the former. He is the, will always be the co-host of the all angels podcast as Johnny Mags and his unfortunate passing. Um, you know, we, Chris and I 
have the idea of um, doing like a podcast dedicated to him and hopefully we can get that arranged and do it soon. So I'm not going to talk too much about Johnny and what he means to me. I'm going to kind of hold those stories for, for that podcast. Cause I think that's something that me and Chris both wanted to do, not only for the fans, um, but also for ourselves. It's something um, kind of, you know, closure to kind of give a little bit of closure to talk about stuff like that and, and share stories and stuff like that. So I'm going to wait till Chris and I can get together and do that. Um, a full podcast dedicated to him and talk about stories and just, you know, especially if you're new, maybe how this all got started. So, but I did definitely wanted to come on here and not wait to talk to all you guys out there, the fans about uh, the unbelievable, um, support the unbelievable uh, messages the just the feeling that everyone was touched by by Johnny you know whether it be through like I mentioned our our Instagram Halo underscore Haven or here at the All Angels podcast to get um, some of these messages and comments and 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 stuff like that as as someone that really did look like him look at him like a brother. Um, it meant a ton to me and I know it meant a ton to Chris and even, even his wife, Jess, um, she even mentioned to Chris and I that, the the pouring of affection from, from fans like you and others out there was unbelievable. And I just honestly want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart, making this, um, hard, you know, 24 48 72 hours really really difficult for us making it at least a little better by seeing what people how people felt about johnny and and how you know you might have only known him by this podcast or you might have only known him by instagram live but to put on the comment like i look forward to um the podcast or i look forward to the instagram lives um then you know that was definitely you know great to see and great to hear um, so, you know, like I said, Chris and I will definitely get together. Hopefully it is soon. And we're going to have a podcast dedicated to Johnny, but, um, yeah, he, he will always be a co-host here. He will always be on our mind here at the all angels podcast and halo Haven. And I know he would love, um, to thank everyone out there for starting this and going along with this ride, uh, that we have put together, um, going into what I believe is our fourth or fifth season. Um, but, you know, thank you again. Uh, we will get this podcast with me and Chris up or going hopefully soon. And then we'll definitely post it on all, on all our social media stuff. But, um, but until next time, I am Daniel Garcia, and you've listened to another edition of the Hall Angels Podcast.